Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Leave Your Shoes By The Door, and today I'm excited to be joined by Annie Caruso. Annie, thanks for being on here. Hey, thanks Andrew, I'm excited. I'm excited for two reasons. One, you're here, and I get to talk to you this afternoon or morning, I think it's 11 a.m. It's like midday. Midday, midday, midday. I like that, let's go with midday. <laughs> nice and vague enough. Right. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you midday, but also I'm so excited we are back in person. We're not speaking on a cell phone. This is huge. We are in person. Of course, have to say, we are being safe. We have turned our table long ways, so Annie and I are pretty far apart, and we're masked up. But nonetheless, we're in person, and I gotta tell you, it's better than over the phone. Absolutely. Right? This is, this is amazing. I, I'm so glad to be back in the building. I'm telling you. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what I wanna ask you first, and this is, this is a, a, a reaction to the quarantine lifestyle that we've been living for months. Months we've been living this lifestyle. And I was thinking while you're kind of stuck at home, especially when we're in the depths of it and nothing was open, there were no movies being shown, no shows being shown, and you kind of had to exist in your house, but we all existed through the internet, through various means, right? Right, yeah. Be and this, this doesn't have to do with quarantine, but more or less just the internet. What is an interest that you think you've developed because of the internet? If the internet didn't exist, you wouldn't have pursued this interest or hobby. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. That's a that's an excellent question. Thank you. Well, okay. During quarantine in the in the thick of it, because I was pretty busy during quarantine with regards to like buying and selling, but um being a realtor? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, doing my job. Just your career. Yeah. Right, right, right. Working. Yeah. When I when we were in the thick of it and there really wasn't much going on, I did a lot of home renovations. Mm -hmm. I had put off a lot of projects, as do most people. Yep. You buy a house, oh, I'll get to that. You never actually get to it. Yep. Uh, and so that's really what I did. So I was on I learned how to install kitchen faucet sink, did some plumbing. I really learned how to do a bunch of things at home. I sure. taught myself, essentially. Sure. The best thing I learned on the internet, I guess, be the how, it was the how-tos. So everything from YouTube to Pinterest to, I really kind of delved into those sites and learned how to do a bunch of things I'd been kind of putting off or, oh, I'll hire that out right. or, or whatnot. That was pretty amazing. And um, that's, I mean, that's two birds, one stone. Because yeah. one, as a homeowner, right. You're saving a bundle, and then two, mm -hmm. as a realtor, as a professional, I mean, that's just one more thing that you know about. So I got to ask you then, do you find yourself kind of carrying that over into your professional life and say you have a client who's selling their house, they got a busted up faucet, instead of outsourcing that and paying somebody to fix it, you could kind of encourage your client, why don't you do it yourself? save us, you know, a few extra bucks. And you can tell me I'm wrong, but is that something that you would carry over? It would depend on the client. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. But, but yes, uh, more or less yes. I would encourage them to try your hand at it, and if it doesn't work, definitely let's call a plumber, I've yeah. got, or you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I, I typically always ask my clients to use licensed contractors, though, yeah. to do the work on their home, just because inspections, and, and um, I want my sellers to prep their home to sell, not to sit on the market so. right but yeah, yeah. you know more yeah. or less depending upon the seller yeah. yeah I might encourage them absolutely sure and right now I've got all the sites I've got every my my internet <laughs> I've got everything like bookmarked mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was gonna ask you is there any YouTube series or specific website or person that that's been a really uh, great help for you there hasn't been one specific person. You just go on YouTube and say, yeah. how do I? Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. How do sure. I? Yep. Um, my most recent one was, how do I lay 
uh, patio pavers. I just laid some patio pavers this weekend, mm -hmm. um, created a patio deck-ish area in my house and scrolled through the internet. Probably took way too long sure. looking for how-to versus just doing but it. But it's a worthy endeavor, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a worthy investment Absolutely. of your, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so no, it really just depended on, upon the project. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, that's really what I, what I did during yeah. the heart of quarantine was yeah. just do all the projects that I put away because it's just myself and my cat at home. So, right. you know, she, she's awesome. She talks back. What's uh, <laughs> for the podcast record? Uh, what is the cat's name? Oh, Ruby. Ruby. Okay. Yeah. And Ruby has a, a mouth on her. She's a little sassy. She is very sassy. Uh -huh. She has a lot of anxiety. Sure. And she is, she's just the best cat ever, yeah. uh, frankly. Um, she's got lots of nicknames, but mainly Rubes. 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 Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the big silver linings to quarantine is how happy it's probably made domesticated animals. Oh, absolutely. That all of their. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned that, when we started getting back to kind of real-ish world yeah, stuff, right, right. and I was leaving for longer periods of time than my one to two hour walks that I would take during the day, mm -hmm. she actually, the very first time I came home after an extended period of time, she bit my ankle. Sure. She was upset. Yeah. 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 She was like, where'd you go? And I, I respect <laughs> Ruby for Absolutely. taking a stand. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to ask you, well, I, I want to ask you before we get into another thing is what's been the, the home project that was most satisfying, that you were the most pat yourself on the back, proud of, kind of did that proud stance afterwards, kind of marveled at your work. What was the, the one that you made? Oh, I had all the peacock feather, uh, feather showing. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Why not? Uh, my back porch. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, and if Randy Surrett is listening, um, I want you to close your ears. Uh-oh. He did my home inspection, and I have a back porch that needs to be resupported, essentially, and I haven't done that yet. Sure. But I did turn my back porch into an office slash craft room for myself because it was really just a catch-all. I had camping chairs, I had just stuff, shoes, whatever. I would just throw it in the back of a bike, whatever, yeah. on the back porch. But because of quarantine, I needed a space to work, but yeah. I also needed a space uh, to do so the fun stuff that I love doing, yeah. right? Yeah. So the crafty kind of. I turned my back porch into my office and I utilized the furniture that I had stored in my basement. Yeah. And that was huge. I painted it. I threw up curtains, I used an old dining room table, I just turned it sideways up against a wall, put a beautiful leather chair that I also had stairs. Gathering dust, yeah. not being appreciated. Absolutely. Right. An old bookshelf, threw it in there, bought some bins on Amazon, threw those in the bookshelf. You're killing it. Oh my gosh. You're on a roll. I had a rug, uh -huh. everything. Uh -huh. And now it is my favorite space in my house. Sure. So that, that and is And let's be my... honest, part of why it's probably your favorite is because you did so much yeah. part of it. You know what I mean? You have that, that craftsman pride yep. about it. Yep. And um, thank goodness that all, all that furniture matched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Thank goodness. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, and you know, we've, we've had this, this uh, podcast going for a while, but I think you've been uh, different because a lot of the realtors that I've spoken to are more active in the, the donut counties. Sure. You know, so they got that suburb demographic, that suburb aesthetic. And let's, I'll be honest with you, I grew up in the suburbs as well. So I'm, I'm a little more naturally attuned to that. Sure. 
Sure. And what I thought was interesting when I, when I first invited you on is that, well, actually, organically, how I learned about your, where, where your, your stomping grounds is, a few years ago, we had that thing where we brought, like, bags to Realtors. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, And we were out there, and you texted me that you were you had an open house. So I went downtown, and you had yep. this amazing, like, condo. Yeah. Was it off, um, it's Road? Off of Meridian. Meridian, yep. yeah. And it was yep. amazing location. Yeah, it had this, yep. like, cool old school, like, basketball, like a swimming pool or basketball court in the building. Yep. In downtown Indianapolis. Absolutely. It's huge. Indoor pool. What was it? Do you remember what it was called with that? The Athletic Club. Oh, the Athletic Club is yep. what it's called. Okay, yep. okay, and sorry. Yeah. That building is incredible. Yeah. It's, all the units are, are slightly different from one another. Yeah. Uh, you've got everything from super high end to very affordable. Sure, sure. So, yeah, it's a great building. And so I'm thinking, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Like, this is a different, <laughs> this is a different living situation yeah. because that all day I'm going to subdivisions and, you know, sure. basically that aesthetic of just the nuclear family, mom, dad, 2.5 kids, backyard, you know, want to be close to schools, all those things that you're used to. Right. So I wanted to ask you, how is that different? How is it different as a realtor when you're looking for downtown living? Because I'm thinking your clientele is obviously different. Sure. You're probably looking at like young professionals to retirees to people raising a family. I mean, it's just sure. going to be different. So how is that different? How have you adjusted your, your marketing? Because, you know, you think of the suburbs, you gotta think location, location, and then, you know, you're close to schools, you're close to a major highway so you can get to and from work. You know, right. odds are you might work downtown. So how's that different for you? The way that I have worked with clients who want to live in the downtown area or even the Meridian Kessler, up to the Meridian Kessler Broad Ripple area, which really is, is more about walkability, access to restaurants, things to do, mowing on, things like that. Those, those clients and individuals and couples and families and retirees, really want the the lifestyle versus maybe they've already done the neighborhood suburban life and now they want to try their hand at a downtown life or maybe they are you know they've always lived in a downtown setting and cannot fathom possibly going past 16th street that sure. just blows their mind sure. because the world drops off yeah. after yeah. 16th street yeah. <laughs> yeah. according to some clients sure. but you know when i first moved to indiana almost 11 years ago, which is insane. Where'd you move from? I moved from Salt Lake City. So I was in Salt Lake I for eight no years. I had no idea that. Really? I've known you for years and I had no idea that you lived in Salt Lake City. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. We need to talk about that more later. Absolutely. I, that's so interesting. I lived there no for idea. eight years, yep. Okay. So I kind of traveled around the country and, and lived in various different states uh, since graduating college. And so each of those places that I've lived in since college have been in a downtown setting, sure. in an urban environment. Sure. I was raised in the suburbs down in South Florida, so totally understand suburban life. I uh, get it. But I'm more drawn to the downtown, to the accessibility. If I don't have to drive... I'm going to literally park my car and walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of lifestyle I enjoy. Mm -hmm. So it has been a little easier, I guess, for me to work with those clients who want to be I was, I in was that just, urban area. I was just about to say that you speak that language because right. you naturally are interested in it yourself. So it makes it much easier to apply that professionally than having to like imagine what they're looking for. Because you, right. you're speaking that language immediately when you... when you Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's been interesting. I... You know, I've been in real estate five and a half 
maybe six years. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not mm -hmm. counting, mm -hmm. but long enough. And uh, I think honestly, I really haven't done too much marketing uh, as far as paying for advertising or anything like that. My market share and my clients really come from my sphere. They come from the times that I have volunteered uh, and made friendships and relationships through my volunteer work. And then also just from living downtown, from meeting people, you know, organically to friends and family. But a lot of those people do want to live in that urban environment. Now, I will say I do have a ton of business out in the suburbs and outside of the sure, sure, you know, sure, sure. downtownish area. And that's that it's a different world. You have to speak to your clients differently yeah. and you have to listen to them differently because their wants and needs are vastly different than those who want to live downtown, especially my families that have children and want to live in condos downtown. That's always an interesting thing or or, you know, we have to talk about strollers and access and things like that that you don't think about right. when you're selling a home to a family who wants to live in Fishers, for example. Yeah. It, it is different. Uh, it's what really helps people make is having them understand that you understand and that you hear them, that they understand that you are going to listen and find them a property that suits their needs, yeah. not my needs. So let me ask you something. What, what's, what's, the, what's the questions you ask them? You have no idea. You know their name. What do you ask him? Where Where do you work? What do you like to do on the weekends? Uh, this, yeah. Is that what you ask? Him? Absolutely. Yeah. I always I always ask specifically. Let's talk in like a a buyer scenario. Sure. Right. At a new buyer consult, if it comes from a friend of a friend who recommended yeah. me something organically like that, I'll sit down with him. Well. Pre-COVID, I would sit down with right, them and right. we'd meet for coffee or a beer or something yeah, and, yeah, and you. say, you know, and honestly, I would just want them to tell tell me about them. And so I would understand a mm -hmm. little bit about who they are, what they do, what they like, and build that relationship. But also while I'm doing that, obviously, I am taking down notes and then hearing what they are saying with regards to their lifestyle and the type of people that they are right. and what they want. Uh, I often ask, tell me what you want now, but tell me what you want in the future. Mm -hmm. What's your what's your your goal look like mm -hmm. because that'll help me help them right size the type of house that they need I like that. Uh, versus you know this in the moment this is the house you're looking for maybe they want kids maybe their family's expanding I can't tell you how many times I'm the first person to know about a pregnancy <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. and then I have to keep yeah. my mouth shut which is equally as difficult Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah so it's it's just more about getting to know the people. Do they tell you that when in, when you're getting the education to become a realtor that you might sometimes, be the first person to know of a pregnancy? Sometimes it's very difficult, sure. and you know, I I so appreciate them telling me because that I'm the first person to know. That's exciting. That's mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. That's it's a lot of trust and it's a lot of vulnerability too. Yeah, right. But at the same time, it's exciting for me. But it's really hard because now I can't say anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It makes it more difficult. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, it's just really about getting to know your client and understanding who they are. Mm -hmm. And that will help you frame how to get them into a home. And plus, that's where it truly separates you from educated member of the public to a realtor is that you have that expert ability of that vision to think, I don't need to know what you want to do this weekend. I want to know what you want to do this weekend five years from now. Right. Because we're investing time and, and you're going to and evolve. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's an interesting question. Definitely shows that you're the expert. And another thing I want to say is I love how when you talk about your advertising and getting your name out there. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to Drew Schrader, whether it was rec league basketball or John mm -hmm. Stone when he was playing tennis. Mm -hmm. 
that's where they really kind of built those relationships. It wasn't a natural setting. Sure. It wasn't seeing your face on a billboard all dressed up in a, you know, in a perfect <laughs> picture. It was talking about whatever, talking about anything but real estate and having that organic a natural relationship with them where they kind of like you as a person. I feel like there's an, something to be said there. And, and maybe it's almost like a 21st century way of doing business where you have that, like a friend, but then also taking it to that professional level of asking them to help you find a house. Absolutely. So I have a mentor slash favorite human slash whatever you want to call him. Uh, he was a former boss of mine. Kirby, I think the world of this man. He taught me everything I know in sales. He taught me to sit there and learn and absorb and be a sponge. He's probably the best salesman I've ever met, right. ever. What he taught me was a, is relationship sales. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And so the John Stone, the Drew Schraders, uh, and myself included, are relationship builders. We build that relationship so there's a solid foundation. Just like when you're dating somebody or preparing to be married, you're building a strong foundation right. for future growth. And because things get ugly in a real estate transaction. Well, place, make, make no mistake about it, you're in a relationship. Right. This is no exception. <laughs> you are in a relationship. There's going to be peaks and valleys and secrets and things and it's absolutely yeah. and i always tell my clients you're gonna love me you're gonna hate me you're gonna love your lender you're gonna hate your lender you're gonna love the seller or the buyer and you're gonna hate them at the same time and then at the end of the transaction you're going to be happy because and you need to put that trust in them that through those peaks and valleys you want what's best for them. Absolutely. And yeah. by building that relationship up front, they have trust in you. Otherwise, they would go to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but because you have that trust and because you have that foundation that you've built with them, you are able to then continue that relationship to a professional level mm -hmm. and still maintain that friendship. It's interesting. So that's what, what I learned early on in my sales career was really forget all of the stuff that you learn from some of these quote-unquote coaches not everything a coach says is bad by any means. I, I think they're great. Sure. You know, I've yeah. been coached before too, so I get it. But be who you are. If they like you, they're going to work with you. If they don't, you're not going to get their business. And chances are, that's that's good because you don't want to work with them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and frankly, it's all about how you make somebody else feel as long as it's genuine, right? I, and this something that was said years and years ago that's always stuck with me is they won't care what you know until mm -hmm. they know that you care. Exactly. And I feel like that's kind of what you're getting at. That's 100% what I'm yeah. getting at. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break so that we can hear from the MyBoard updates. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Barb with your MyBoard update. Please make sure you are frequently visiting myboard.com slash coronavirus to stay up to date with MyBoard's policies and resources to address common transactional issues, MyBoard's business continuity plan, and other important updates. Please remember the available for showing rule has been reinstated. This rule was temporarily suspended due to COVID-19. The rule states listings with a status of active must be available to be shown within seven days of the listing. Remember, if the listing is sent to available for showing equals no, the listing is not sent out to third-party sites for syndication. Showing is defined as showings include either of the following. 1. Physical on-site viewing of the listed property by potential buyers with a cooperating broker or 2. Virtual showing, which could mean live or pre-recorded video of listed property during which the listing broker or agent is available to answer any questions that a cooperating broker may have about the property. Good data is the goal. Accurate and timely data is the goal of the compliance policy. 
If you receive a correction notice and fix the issue in two full business days, then no fine. Enter all listings within two full business days, then no fine. Make all contractual changes such as price changes or status changes within two full business days, then no fine. The complete BLC policy manual can be found at mybo.com slash BLC governance. Earn the highest certification offered by your association by participating in MyBoard's Master Professional Certification Program, or MPRO. The next session of MPRO will take place August 10th through 14th. Register today at MyBoard.com slash MPRO. Thank you to everyone who came out to support our Lift Others update for the Realtor Foundation. Donations are still coming in and nearly $40,000 has been raised. And that's all today for your MyBoard update. And now, back to our interview. So let's talk about the, the career. Yeah. You said you've only done it for six years? Yeah, about. about. And I can deduct the, the math on that because Annie Crusoe was a Denver Hutt Rising Star Award yeah. at, the, at the board, which means yeah. you had to have had five years or less, and that was, what, two years ago? Because you were the inaugural years, yeah. winner, right? You were yeah. the first one. That was, was that 2016? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think don't so. know, Annie. We're not here to do math. Was, I, I think don't it know. was, yeah. Please. Yeah. Well, I, so. I did not sign up to do math. <laughs> don't have my calculator ready so yeah so a few years in it um so what did you do before how did you become a realtor what how did you get here what was the journey to get here sure so i'll make a very long story short essentially 2005 or 6 i was living in utah i just finished up two years of a program called americorps it's like a i've heard americorps of course yeah it's like um Never mind. I don't even try to explain it because it's something, but it's only America. So it's just like the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps, but yep. it's in America. But it's in, it's it's based here in the States. And uh, I, I it's heard one that, year versus two. But I, I heard that's very years. difficult to get in. Very much so. So there, there are several different programs. Uh, I did The first program I did was AmeriCorps NCCC, National Community Civilian Corps, blah, blah, blah. was an awesome program, uh, and it's still going on, and it's incredible. 18 to 24 college graduates, non-college graduates, they select, there are, the time I was in it, there were five campuses, if you will. I had just graduated college, wanted to go into the Peace Corps, was accepted, and then backed out kind of last minute. Sure. Kind of freaked me out, it's frankly. A big, it's a big commitment. Ooh, especially at, you know, barely 22. Oh, I was not really, I thought twice. Sure. So uh, I did a program called AmeriCorps, the NCCC thing, moved out to Denver from Tallahassee, Traveled around the country for a year and had a team. We were on a team of nine people. We traveled throughout the country together. Actually ended up at Bradford Woods. No kidding. Yeah, which was crazy because my family's here. So that was like, wait, I know I know Martinsville. <laughs> I know this place. Lived everywhere to Detroit. Built 16 houses with Habitat for Humanity, which is where I learned a lot of construction skills. <laughs> then here at Bradford Woods for a camp for people who are differently abled. Mm-hmm. And so forth and taught ESL and taught middle school and high school dropouts and all of that kind of stuff yeah. and did that for a year. Loved it so much that I did another year, different program of AmeriCorps VISTA, which is stands for Volunteers in Service to America. Mm-hmm. Just another program. It landed me in Salt Lake City and I, I had fallen in love with the mountains. Absolutely fall. You couldn't pull me away. Maybe the best topography of all the states is Utah. Oh my God. Maybe the best landscape. Stunning. Yeah. I, I remember my first time going down to Moab. I went whitewater rafting and I remember just tears. Yeah. It was so gorgeous. Yeah. I couldn't stop. I mean, it sounds really silly, but it was so beautiful. I'd yeah. never seen anything like it. And I was so thankful for the opportunities that I had been given to be a 
part of this nonprofit that basically allowed me to work for them for free, AmeriCorps paid me a very small stipend. You don't join AmeriCorps to get rich. Oh no, I yeah. had to use all my savings. You go there to serve, you go yeah. there to, to help, to Absolutely. serve, to, which is amazing. I mean, Absolutely. So you did a great job explaining that, but for the sake of time, I still have a bajillion questions, but sure. we're gonna, first off, I wanna talk to you about Salt Lake City, and secondly, now I wanna talk to you about AmeriCorps. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you, will, get me, will, you get me started on AmeriCorps, I love it. and I'll I had talk no for idea. days on days. I had no idea. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm so, so interested in that, and that's so yeah. cool. It's such a cool yeah. thing that you did, and now yeah. you can carry that with you forever. It's Thanks. awesome. Thanks, it was the best thing I've ever mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Landed me in Salt Lake City. After my two terms, I then moved, uh, well, I stayed in Salt Lake in the urban setting downtown. Started making friends my own age versus the volunteers that I worked with. <laughs> they were they were older? <laughs> um, I worked in a school setting. Okay. So, you know, they were just teachers and mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was a great experience, but not my friends, right? Yeah, they were yeah, my sure, friend sure. group, but I was so ingrained in that. And yeah, sure. So. So moving on, so I started uh, working for a company called 3Form. They manufacture uh, resin products for the architecture and design industry. That's when I met Kirby and I worked with him for several years and traveled around the country selling these amazing products and just learning so much about design and interior design, but also construction, architecture, and working with some of the biggest architecture firms in the country, and then also working with kind of the mom and pops mm -hmm. doing residential, mm -hmm. ma mainly it was commercial, but then there'd be a few here and there high-end residential homes that would utilize the product and whatnot. I worked there for several years and then market turned down. Everybody was losing their job. End of 2008, I was laid off, which whew, um, for a 27, 28 year old, I was like, whoa. What does that mean? That's tough. Like, wait, that means I don't come back and you don't pay me? Right. Huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, because I had never experienced anything right. like that. And because I have a college degree, I should have a job, yep. right? Yep. Boy. So, um, isn't that a farce? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, was fortunate enough to where I played for about a year. I snowboarded every day and then I pool in the summer. Decided I couldn't live like this anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Financially, emotionally, mm -hmm. it was a little too much. Mm -hmm. so, you either need to go pro right? or, or go find another job. I wanted to go pro. Sure, Trust me, sure. I just needed a sponsor. Uh -huh. <laughs> so. Mountain Dew wasn't calling to sponsor your snowboarding, I don't think. You know, oddly enough, I thought they would, yeah, but they didn't. The phone never rang. So yeah. I moved to Indianapolis on somewhat of a whim. My family is here and in Terre Haute, and this was pretty much where I was going to reside. Yeah. And so I decided I'd take a quick little six-month jaunt in Indianapolis, figure out what I want to do, and then 11 years later, here I am. Yeah. So when I moved here, I got a job. <laughs> I worked, I actually served tables when I first got here. <laughs> everyone, love, everyone should serve tables once in their life. That's my favorite. Like, if this yeah. real estate thing doesn't work out, I swear, I'm yeah. going back oh, to yeah. serving tables. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. It is. <laughs> it's I a loved fun it. job. It's so it fun. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I finally um, took a position out of state, but was based here in Indianapolis. I sold hand tools. So if you can sell one thing, you can sell anything. I sold hand tools for several years for the Danaher Corporation, but then merged Cooper Tools, became Apex Tool Group, and did all that. And I traveled around the country selling hand tools. As great as that was, it wasn't me. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in steel mills. I spent a lot of time in a lot of parts of this country that really kind of opened my eyes to what I really wanted in life and Good. where I really wanted to be. Even though that was such a short, I mean, gosh, it was there two years maybe. Even though it seemed short, it seemed like it was forever. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just, uh, but I learned so much in that short period of time about what I wanted to do with myself. And I wanted to go back into the construction, the design side of the world. I actually got a job locally with a company and I sold a product called Dirt. It's called Do It Right This Time. It's a modular wall system, Okay. more or less. Very cool, very high end, really amazing. Uh, Indianapolis was not necessarily ready for the product at the time based on constru- I mean, construction costs. Uh, we were just coming out of the recession. I mean, all of these things kind of came together. Great product, enjoyed selling it very, very much, but it just wasn't it either. And so I, I've been scratching my head and really thinking, you know, God, what do I want to do? And what does Annie, how does Annie want to live the rest of her life? Because at this point I'm like mid, early to mid thirties. I'm like, I gotta start figuring this out here. But you're looking for that job or or that calling that's fulfilling. Right. You're not feeling, you're not feeling that fulfillment. Oh, huge void. Yeah. Money's great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, didn't do anything for me. I took a real hard look at myself and I actually had a friend at the time say, you know what? I, you're always dragging me to these open houses. You're always looking at houses. You're that weird person who likes to walk around at dusk to see when people's lights are on and so you can kind of see how they're living. <laughs> I know that's really weird, but trust me, there are so many people out there that do it. It's crazy. Okay. So I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Yeah. Because I see other people like me. I'm sure, like, sure. I know what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I listened to my financial planner and some other people and my mentor and said, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dive headfirst into it. And so I did. I, I quit my job. I, I took the course and took it in person and learned so much. Sam Arce was my teacher. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. I learned so much in that class from him. He was really great. Mm-hmm. Lots of the people from my class, we were still in touch. So that was kind of cool. But anyways, uh, I just nosedived into it. Not having a fallback plan, not having any form of what happens if this doesn't work sort of plan. Sure. I just decided it it was going to have to work. So two things <laughs> two things I'm taking right now is one, you're an explorer, Annie. Hmm. You you travel the road less traveled. Do you know that that's my favorite poem slash quote, whatever I, you want I, to say? I, yeah. That doesn't surprise me because yeah. it truly, you are the embodiment of that. And it's awesome. I mean, yeah. you just have Thanks. stories and experiences that most people don't have. Thank you. And then yeah. another thing is if I didn't know who you were and you told me that, I would have ended up suggesting that you should become a realtor. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Like you have right. an arsenal of tools that would play perfect into this industry. Right. And you might have said you nosedived or but you you had a lot of experiences and a lot of mental you just knew a lot of things going into the industry that probably a lot of your peers didn't have. You probably started a little further ahead than your contemporaries at that time because of those experiences that you accumulated in AmeriCorps and Habitat for Humanity. And Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nobody can see this, but I am totally tossing my hair back. Hey, I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I'm just that, kidding. I'm telling thank you. you. I yeah. know. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's been an interesting journey uh, to get here, and I have absolutely found my passion and my calling and Real estate is tough. Oh mm-hmm. God, there are mm-hmm. days I wake up going, I want a nine to five. I want health insurance. Yeah. I want, <laughs> I want things that other people have. Yeah. Think about, wow, I, I have the ability to create my own destiny by continuing to do this. And so I have to get up and do the hard work. And I mean, that, that translates right into your explorer mentality of that, that road less traveled because that unpredictability of, I don't know what's going to happen today. Some people, like me, the guy who's talking right now, I don't cope very well with that. I like having some routine with the ability to kind of venture out and be creative and different. 
But some yeah. people like you and other realtors, I think this is a characteristic of a successful realtor, thrive on that. Enjoy making it work and Absolutely. having those challenges and obstacles because, man, like you said, like this industry, it just moves so fast. Too. It does. It moves so fast. It's insane. In 24 hours, so much can happen. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Did you know that? Were you I had, aware? I had no idea. No, I had no idea going into going into real estate that right. it was going to be like this. Yeah. Uh, I, I I figured, you know, yeah, there's gonna it's gonna be a little unpredictable. But I think I came into this real estate industry on its peak, right? It's right. peaking yeah. at this point. Yeah. Wow, I was surprised. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Yeah. But I love it. Good. So a few other uh, accolades that I want to make sure everybody knows of the people listening. Oh, Former no Northside Division Chair, you led yeah. the Northside Division, one of the biggest divisions of my board, and you were the boss of that division for a year. Did you do a year? And you were involved for years, but you were the chair for a year. Sure, I was the chair for a year, yep. And also you're currently the District 6 representative, which is one of yeah. our biggest districts of my board. You and Zach Miller yep. are the, the voices of that district <laughs> at, the, at the board of directors, which is the authority of my board policy. You've invested yourself in our association, and it sounds like we're better off for it. Learning about Aww. your character and, and the, the, the experiences that you certainly bring to the table. It's just, you're a very interesting person, right? There's so much <laughs> I didn't know about you. Like, I'm personally I excited that you're on this podcast because we've known each other for years. Yeah. I didn't know about these things about you. Oh my gosh. And it's fascinating. Well, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm glad that you find it fascinating. Yeah. Some people might be like, oh, that girl is crazy. She moves around a lot. She does this. She does that. So thank you. I you know, I, and you know, this is one man's opinion, but I just feel like life is a collection of experiences. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. everything is an experience and everything you just digest and you carry that with you. And you have so many things that you're carrying now. It's That's so cool. Right. It's a little heavy. Is that um, why my back hurts? Or no, that's age. That, that's yeah. age. <laughs> that, Got it. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the day. Depends, right. depends on perception. You mentioned uh, Kirby. You mm -hmm. mentioned uh, some of the teachers you've had. What else, even before you were Realtor, what gave you that spirit, that energy? Was there a, a blog or a TV show, music or a book that you read that really stuck with you? Uh, you mentioned that Robert Frost uh, poem. Oh, yeah. You know, just what, what kind of fed into that, that spirit that you've carried with you that eventually led to you becoming... A successful realtor. Oh gosh, I I don't know if there's just one thing. Certainly not a book. I admire books from afar. I love them. I buy them. Uh, yeah. I don't always read them. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> hey, I appreciate the honesty. I'm like you. I saw someone on Facebook one day posted like, "Are you reading a book? What book are you reading? And do you like it?" And that was an easy answer for me because like, if I don't like it, it's done. Oh, I'm not yeah. gonna like finish a book I don't like. Are you kidding me? Like, right. get out of here. I'm not gonna spend more time reading something I don't want to like enjoy. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. just I put it on the shelf. It's a part of my desk collection. I dust it off, you know, uh -huh. weekly, and then, mm -hmm. then that's about that's it. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. attempted to read that, and then I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Wasn't for me. Sure. Yeah. To answer your question, I have always liked to learn about new things. And there hasn't been one thing I feel like that has led to that, uh, more so than than trying to understand the world around me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm just little Annie Crusoe over here. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the world. And um, so every day I try and learn something and experience something new and you know not every day it's not possible but in the real estate world sure is you learn something every day whether yeah. whether you want to or not um good or bad but yeah. 
but I think as far as experiences go and, and what's kind of led me to this journey or on this journey really has been more of, of seeking to understand and seeking to, to learn more than anything. And that Robert Frost poem I just love because it's really, for me, it speaks to me because you can take the path that everyone else takes and it's a sure surefire way to go. You you know what's at the end of that path. And then if you take the road that is less traveled, you don't know and you have a huge risk. But the beauty is you can always backtrack and go back. The beauty is no matter what, it's interesting. Right. It's interesting. It's, it's something. Different. Yeah. I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I'm just it's like, great. it's interesting. Absolutely. Whether you succeed or fail, you put yourself out there and it's interesting. Absolutely. You had that experience. Yeah. And another thing I want to say is, yeah, you, maybe you're not about the books, but instead of reading a book about uh, skiing in Utah or doing AmeriCorps, you do it. Like, why read about it when I can do it? So I'm going to go ahead and pack up my stuff and I'm going to go do this rather than reading about it because you're going to learn and, and just absorb so much more by experiencing it rather than reading about it on your couch. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I, you're 100% right in the fact that I, I think a lot of this stems from, and I won't go down this path, but um, I, I grew up doing uh, competitive gymnastics and did it for years and then I was a diver and, and in college and all of this stuff and... If you don't try something, you don't know if you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember being probably yelled at, frankly, uh, for standing on the beam and not doing something, a trick that I was supposed to, I could do it perfectly on the beam on the floor, yeah. but to do it now in re in reality at the four foot height and all of that, yeah. uh, you know, I was probably getting yelled at. In fact, I was. Sure. Um, but I just remember if you're not trying... You're, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to do it. You yeah. don't know if you can do it. Right. And I think that probably has carried a lot through my, through my I, life. And I don't know about you, but also if you've never done it or put yourself in that uncomfortable situation, yeah. then you don't deserve to talk about it. Right. You don't deserve to have an opinion on it. You know what I mean? I, that might sound cold, but I kind of feel like... Oh, no, I think that's never right done on. This, then you yeah. shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. You're an observer. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> finally, how do you define success? We, we talked about AmeriCorps and that sure. you're not getting paid and you're not... And people would define success as being rich or having a big house or having a nice car. Sure. But I think you were so successful in AmeriCorps that you, you did it and that you built those relationships and you you helped make the country a better place. I mean, oh. if that's not successful, I don't know what is. <laughs> well, but how you. do you define success now in, in this stage of your life and, and now that you're in this career? Absolutely. So one of my favorite quotes of all time and has been since I, gosh, I can remember. Um, it, it's by Maya Angelou, and I, this Maya Angelou quote really just talks about success is liking who you are, liking what you do, and liking the person you are while you're doing it. And that, to me, is the epitome of success, right? You like what you do, you like how you do it, and you like who you are while you're doing yeah. it. And I think that that ultimately for me speaks volumes about my past career where, yeah, I was good at it. Yeah, I sold a ton of stuff, uh, whether it be architectural or, or pan tools or whatever, I can sell. That's not the issue. It's liking what I'm doing and liking who I am yeah. while I'm doing it. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I feel like that is the ultimate success is liking who you are when you're doing what you love to do. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, Annie Caruso, you are an explorer, and I hope you're okay with that title. Absolutely. I kind of I'll take it. That. I'll take it. You Thank are an you. explorer of life, 
And honestly, Central Indiana, we're lucky to have you. It's oh. really exciting. My board's lucky to have you. Thanks for being a guest today. I really appreciate it. Annie Crusoe, thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you. No, I appreciate this. Thank you. Mm-hmm.